This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. 2023 has been a wild year for universities in Illinois already. We're going to go ahead and call it a crisis. Together we bargain. Divided we beg. And we ain't begging. Off-rip, in January, faculty at the University of Illinois at Chicago went on a four-day strike before getting concessions on salaries and tenure tracks. We are here fighting for our students, and it is no exaggeration to say that we are here fighting for the future of higher education. Then, unionized faculty at Governor State University went on strike on Tuesday. Now, on the northwest side at Northeastern Illinois University, student enrollment is way low, and the faculty there just decided to suspend what was going to be a six-day strike. And faculty at Chicago State University are now in the second week of their strike. Why do we want it? When do we want it? That one brought Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson out to the picket line to support union workers. That's what this movement is about, to make sure that you all are protected in the work that you do and the people that rely upon you have the support and resources that they need. Naturally, I got questions. Why is everyone going on strike at once? How is this affecting students? And what's going on with the money at these universities? Well, the short answer is a lot. Much has changed with higher ed in general over the last couple decades in Illinois, and it's all trickling down to faculty and students. My colleague Lisa Phillip has been doing some pretty comprehensive reporting on all of this, and she's here to explain how we got here and what's likely to happen next. She's WBEZ's higher education reporter. Lisa, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Erin. All right. So walk me through the situation with funding for public universities in Illinois. How has it evolved over time? Yeah. So it has dropped dramatically. Um, Since 2000, when you adjust for inflation, the state funding for higher education has dropped by nearly 50 percent. So just to give you an idea of how that affects universities, you know, 20 years ago, state funding accounted for about 70 percent of revenue at public universities overall in Illinois, the rest of that was made up by tuition. So that's about 30 percent. And now we've nearly flipped. Like the the funding for for universities as a whole now makes up just, I think, 35 percent about. And the rest of that has to be made up in tuition and fees. So that has huge implications for these universities, especially the smaller ones that aren't University of Illinois, Chicago, aren't University of Illinois, Champaign. Yeah. Why has there been a downward trend in funding for public higher ed institutions in Illinois? Yeah. So, you know, I think Illinois is kind of infamous for its fiscal mismanagement, of course. You know, it's like kind of become the butt of jokes. And uh, I think politicians on both sides of the aisle have seen higher education as this place 
where they could make cuts because it has an independent source of revenue. It has tuition. You can charge the consumers. Oh. And you can't charge kids in K-12 to yeah. schools. Really, <laughs> Those places aren't really places you can cut very meaningfully. But higher ed, they're like, hey, you know, kids can kids can bear these costs. Let's let's uh, jack this up. And I think it's interesting in Illinois because it's been a bipartisan thing. Like when higher ed funding was at its highest, Governor Ryan was actually in power um, and he's a Republican. So, you know, it's it's definitely something that both parties have participated in. Wow. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about enrollment also? I know that that's changed quite a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's hard to say which one causes which, but clearly there are some ties here. We've seen enrollment in Illinois drop by about 20 percent in the past decade. And I believe the figures are higher for students of color. And I think part of the reason is that, you know, tuition has gone – it's gotten high because these universities are pressured to increase tuition to make up for this lack of public funding. It's gotten out of range for a lot of low-income families but also middle-income families as well. I think um, tuition overall since – 20 years ago when this downward trend in funding started taking place, um, it's gone up by about 115 percent. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Tuition is already high. I feel like. Yeah. I wasn't in school 20 years ago, but it was almost 20 years ago and it was already high at that time. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. I looked at I I think I was just having a conversation with my husband about it and um, we were talking about in-state tuition and we're like, I wonder what it's what it's at right now. And then I looked at it and I was like, that was like going to a school out of state when I was when I was growing up. Because it was Um, double. Yeah. 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 Okay. So funding has been cut. Tuition has gone up, which has caused a decrease in enrollment. Um, different universities are dealing with this differently, right? How how does a larger one like UIC recalibrate with all of this? Yeah. So UIC and U of I are actually the only two public universities in Illinois that have seen enrollment increase in oh. recent years. All of the it seems like all of the decrease enrollment is really being seen at these smaller universities like Chicago State, Governor State, Northeastern Illinois has had a huge drop in enrollment. And I think that's because a place like U of I, UIC can charge more intuition um, and and also – they have big endowments um, that allow them to keep their, you know, keep funding their operational costs and stuff. And then the other thing is at a U of I or UIC, they serve far fewer low-income students. Oh. So you have a lot more students that are able okay. to pay the full price of tuition and they can subsidize some of those lower-income students that they do have. Mm. But that really allows them to compensate for this decrease in in public funding, whereas a place like uh, Chicago State, they tend to serve more of the students that haven't traditionally had access to higher ed um, because of affordability. Also, because you know, that, like these are students who can't necessarily go to U of I or UIC because they can't afford to be away from home. They mm. can't live on campus because that's another cost, right? Like yes. if you're talking about paying for dorms and stuff, like that, that puts your your costs at another in another ballpark. Um, and then, you know, people have family ties. Like I've talked to um, like 
you know, Stephanie, for example, uh, from Northeastern Illinois, who is an older student. She's already she has two children of her own. She has a full time job. Stephanie um, tried to do her degree at UIC, um, but she could only get so far because it's not oriented around a student like her. It's oriented around someone who's going to class during the day, who doesn't have a full time job, who doesn't have a family. Um, And she fortunately found Northeastern and she really found like faculty who really were like trying to meet her and students like her where she's at, where her life is. They like have this sense of understanding that you don't come to school as a blank slate. Like you have – you already have a life. You have obligations. You have these experiences um, and we're not going to punish you. Because you have these competing obligations. So let's let's listen to some tape of Stephanie talking about what what she found at Northeastern and, and what it's meant to her. I'll be honest, I felt so discouraged. There's times where I felt like, yeah, I'm just not gonna get through this. This is not manageable. I can't do it. Um but when I came to Northeastern, I haven't failed a class. I haven't had to withdraw from because I haven't even had to think about that. Wow, to hear her say she hasn't even had to think about it, where it, whereas it seemed like it was top of mind for her when she was at UIC. Yeah, she tried for a few years at UIC because she was so determined to get this degree. And, you know, I think prestige plays a part of it. She was like, I want to go to UIC because it has this name, right? It has... Um, yeah. It has a reputation. She she didn't even really know about Northeastern. But the thing is, like, it just it didn't work for her. Yeah. So here we are. Faculty are on strike. What are some of the things that they're asking for? Yeah. So the two big things that faculties at this point are asking for are fair pay and more manageable workloads. So, like, these universities the one other thing they can do really to contain costs other than, you know, increased tuition mm-hmm. is to cut costs. Yeah. And one of the biggest costs for a university is salaries and faculty salaries. So we've seen stagnating wages at these places. And not just that, but we're also seeing um, each faculty member take on more work because – These universities are cutting back on tenured positions. Um, So, you know, these are positions that have really great job security. Um, Once you get them, um, you know, you are maybe better represented as part of your bargaining unit. And then you're seeing more positions that are not tenure track. You're seeing more adjuncts come in and teach. And, you know, they're not salaried. They just get paid per class essentially. Um, so you're definitely seeing that at the smaller schools especially. Okay. Um, and, you know, at Chicago State, for example, these professors are the lowest paid in the state. Mm. So that's a big thing. And, and I think the, the combination of it just like, you know, they're hearing from the administrations and from universities that they don't have the money to to pay higher salaries and – you know, while public funding has gone down and that that definitely certainly could be the case, in some places you've seen administrators get salary increases. Um, while, you know, Chicago State faculty are some of the lowest paid in the state, the president is the fourth highest paid university, public university leader in Illinois. So, you know, faculty are looking at that and, that and like, 
What's up with that? Yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> not a good look, Aaron. It is not. <laughs> um, in the case of UIC, what ultimately happened there with the contracts? Yeah, so UIC faculty, I would say, or they would definitely say they won big. Okay. Um, you know, they held out for five days and they got very close to what they were asking for in terms of salary raises, both for tenure track, but also like very notably for non-tenure track. The circumstances in that strike were different in that the institution had – like a financial surplus, I believe. So like okay. they were doing they're they they're doing leverage. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, UIC has seen their enrollment grow and their endowment grow. So yeah, it's a different scenario in some ways. Yeah, makes sense. Um there is a racial component here. Um can you talk about some of the dynamics that are coming through? with that and and these strikes. Yeah, that is very real. Um, I mean, for faculty, like, you know, I mentioned that um, faculty at governors, I mean, sorry, faculty at Chicago State are some of the lowest paid public university professors in the state. And that university is the only majority black university in the state. Um, As far as the students. As far as the students go, Mm -hmm. they're at, at Chicago State, Almost seven out of ten students there are black. So, you know, it definitely wow, raises that's some a lot. questions. Yeah, that's a lot. And then, you know, you talk about public funding, um, like these smaller schools that are really struggling to keep their tuition down to they're struggling financially. These are the schools that are serving students of color. Mm. And, you know, just to like bring in another affordability piece, um, you know, into this this discussion, like Black student borrowers, on average, owe I think more than like twenty thousand dollars more than white student loan borrowers um, after graduation. So there's a real disparity there in how college costs and tuition costs are affecting different groups of students. So what about the students? I mean, when when yeah. <laughs> the faculty, the people who are teaching the classes that the students are here for, are on strike. What happens to classes? Yeah, that is a really good question, especially uh, especially in the context of this strike because that – so you have students that are coming up near on the end of their semester. Some students are coming up on graduation and they mm. need these classes mm-hmm. to like go into the next chapters of their lives. Yeah. And – what is really interesting about this is that administ- the administrators on all three campuses have put out there that they're continuing classes. But how does that work, right? <laughs> like you have professors on strike. They're, you can visibly see them on the picket line. Yes. They're not in classrooms <laughs> teaching. So I've heard anecdotally from students um, that they're being asked to go sign into class. I don't know that a class is actually taught. Like a staff member at Governor State told me that the administrators there are asking um, like maintenance folks to step in and take attendance. And there there Hmm. maybe are some classes being taught because some folks are adjunct and not part of the bargaining unit. Okay, But you think about – you're asking students to come to campus. Some of these, a lot of these kids don't live on campus to sign in. Like 
I've talked to students. They're not happy about the situation. You know, they're like, I have work. Like, I can't. I can't come to campus yeah, to sign in just and to sit, sign in and sit in an empty class for ten minutes waiting for a faculty member who's not going to show up. You know, so yep. yeah, I think s- students are stressed out. Yeah, understandable. And at UIC, the classes were actually. They were canceled. Yeah. Oh, administrators made no attempt there to keep them going. I think, you know, if you had an adjunct, like, yeah, or a grad student, that went in. Okay. Um, But this is is unusual. Yeah. Um, So the students are are worried. They're frustrated that, you know, things are up in the air. How are they feeling about the strikes themselves? Do you have a sense of how students are feeling? Um, Are they supportive of the professors? What's going on with that? All of the students I've talked to, and bear in mind that these are students who may be on campus like picketing, you know? And oh, like, you've been talking because to those people. Okay. These campuses are basically ghost towns otherwise, okay. you know, right yeah. now. Um, but like every student I've talked to is just like, our faculty deserve to be paid more. Um, you know, at a place like this, that's a smaller school. Students have really close relationships with their faculty members. Like these, they're not in classes of like 200 kids in a mm. lecture hall. You know, they okay. really get to know their their students and students get to know their faculty members. So from what I've heard, there's a good amount of student support. I imagine there are students out there who are frustrated and they're getting these messages from administrators that, you know, like if it weren't – basically it, what it boils down to is like we've put out – a good offer. Why aren't faculty taking this so we can resume classes? So I'm sure there are some students have questions about, you know, what are faculty asking for? Is mm. it reasonable? Um, mm-hmm. But but most of the students I've talked to have told me these these people work hard to support us. They deserve to get fair pay. Yeah. Um. How does this all get solved? I mean, there's there's the universities on one hand saying we don't have enough money. There's the faculty saying y'all need to pay us more. There's the students who are saying y'all need to figure it out because we need to get our degrees. What what happens from here? That is the million dollar question. <laughs> like, so I remember somebody asked me a couple of days before the Chicago st- State strike. Um, how long this was going to last. And like Valerie Goss, the union president there, is such an optimist that the way she was talking to me about it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a couple days. It's going to be great. Like administration and the union are going to come together and sing Kumbaya and like, you know, (laughs) like they're going to figure things out so that classes can resume. And now we're in the second week of the strike, you know, almost wrapping up the second week. And so I really don't know. I know that at this point and like I've been in touch with um, the the Illinois Higher Education Union leader, um, the the UPI president. And I know that he and I've heard him talk at, you know, Governor State on Tuesday They're I think they're trying really hard to get state leaders, including Governor Pritzker, to pay attention to what's happening. Okay, Um, And step in some way, but I don't know how that would happen, how that would make a difference. It's just, it's hard to say. So at Chicago State University, as I mentioned, uh, Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson showed up (laughs) to the picket lines to support those folks. What do you think that's going to mean for their bargaining? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely raises visibility. And, you know, to that point about... um, 
folks trying to get the governor to intervene. I imagine that Governor Pritzker is aware of the mayoral elect <laughs> of Chicago being on the picket lines at Chicago State. It's hard because the the schools like Chicago State, they don't get local funding for their operations. So like, you know, Chicago State doesn't get money from the city of Chicago to do what they do. But, you know, Hmm. These schools, at the same time, they have a very large local impact. You're giving these local students access to higher education. So I've been curious, you know, given Brandon Johnson's like his deep roots in education and like, you know, he's a teacher himself. I don't know. I'm just curious to see what how he might get more involved in this situation, but also how he might bring higher education into what he does as mayor. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Because right now, like you said, like the public funding that they get is decided by Governor Pritzker's office. (laughs) Right, right. And state legislators. So like, ostensibly, like he does not have much say in that. However, maybe he might try to change that. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. That could be an interesting dynamic watching, you know, like watching in the future what... Like I said, you know, higher ed, I've heard a lot of people just say, like, why do we have this stark separation between graduating from high school and getting a bachelor's degree or even an associate's at this point? Like, I, I've heard people say, like, why can't higher ed just be, like, the 13th and the 14th grade? Why does mm. it – why do we have to have this whole complicated application, admissions process? Like, why can't it just be this extension of public education where we're not there yet? Definitely not. My college debt uh, <laughs> speaks to my that. My college debt. Nelnet can speak to that for sure. <laughs> Lisa Phillip is WBEZ's higher education reporter. You can read and listen to her reporting so far about university strikes at WBEZ.org. Lisa, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Erin. This has been a blast. Also, definitely check out Lisa's feature on Stephanie Quintana, a student we heard from at Northeastern Illinois University who's juggling school with work and child rearing. It's a really nice glimpse into the impact her experience at the school is making. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleve and Katie O'Connell for editing the show. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening.